I hit the uh, record button there. Okay, it's recording. You know it's recording. You see the red? What is, oh, it is like a, it's like a little track. It's going. At, yeah. Okay. So that's so that means it's recording. You see? Yeah. No, I see, and I see their track there, and there's your track there, and your says uh, Jet. Mm, that's right, because I'm Jet. No, no, you're Mr. Jet. No, it's just Jet. Sir Jet. No, not Sir Jet. Just Jet. Yes. Okay. And then that's one there. It says Billy. Well, that one says Billy. It's got my name on it right there. That's right. No, see, there's a track for you. So we're recording both. Both are recording. So we're ready to start the James Arnold Taylor podcast. You see, Billy, you did it. You started the the podcast. Well, that's very exciting. It's very exciting. This is good. This is, I'm I'm moving on to my internship there to recording now, sir. That's right. So now, okay, and you're doing a lot more than Hank does. Hank, our engineer. <laughs> Mr. Hank, you might be listening. It doesn't matter. It's, what's he going to do? Okay, so now you now okay, so now you want to cue the music. So what you do is you say you go, "Hey Jerry," and you yell, "Hey Jerry." Oh, you want me to yell, hey, Jerry, the Jerry, the music man. Yes. Okay. Hey, Jerry, sir. Mr. Jerry, sir, sir. Yes, Billy. It's just Jerry. Jake, Jerry, Jerry, sir, sir, Jake. Just Jerry would be Jake. Now, could you please uh, cue the music to, to the show and the music show, sir, please? You got it, Billy. Here you go. Oh, look at that. And the music's going. That's right. See? So now you've started recording the show. You've uh, hit the music. You've cued the music. And now we are on doing the James Arnold Taylor podcast, Billy. You are you are doing a wonderful job as my intern here and learning good stuff. Well, it's very exciting. I can't wait to tell my mother about this. But now, okay, but no, I'll be saying, hang on. So now we need Mr. Announcer Guy to come in and and do the announcement for the show that the show is about to begin. You see? Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Um. Uh, uh, so do I? I just call him then? Yeah. You just say, hey, Mr. Announcer Guy, like that. Oh no, Mr. Announcer Guy. Or, or like that, sure. Yes, Billy. Oh, oh, Mr. Announcer Guy, sir, sir. Just Mr. Sir, Mr. Mr. Sir. Just Mr. Announcer Guy. Yes, sir, Mr. Announcer Guy, sir. Whatever. Would you like me to do the intro for the show, Billy? Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Announcer Guy, sir, sir. That'd be very nice, sir, please. Yes, sir. You got it, Billy. Oh, I liked it. He said, you got it, Billy. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast, talking to myself, the JetCast, episode 13. Now, here he is, the same guy that's doing this voice, Billy's, and all the others that you'll hear, James Arnold Taylor. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy, that was great. Oh, yes, thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy, that was great. You got it, James and Billy. I'm going to go now. And then, so once he leaves, then you go... Oh, he's so sweet, or he's so nice, or what a lovely guy. Well, he's so sweet and nice and lovely guy, sir. Or something like that. Okay, Billy, you've done it. This is great. The show is is going now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take it from here. But you, oh, and I see you've got some notes for me there. Yes, I, I made some notes of all the different various things that you wanted to uh, talk about on the show for this week. Now that's good. That's good that you did that because, you know, in the past I've given you a bad time about making notes, but these are good notes, and I'm going to use those for this show here and tell everybody what's coming up in the show. Oh, that's very good. Now, okay. Okay. So, I'm sure that all the people listening would be applauding you now, Billy, that you've done a great job as my intern and doing all the things, and I've, I've shown you how to start the podcast. You've done a great job. Thank you so much, Mr. James, sir. Just James. Mr. Taylor Arnold James, sir. <laughs> just, just James Arnold. Taylor, sir. But no, no, sir. Or or Arnold or the Taylor. Anyways, oh, that's fine, Billy. Thank you so much. Okay, sir. I'm going to go in and listen to the challenge. Just see if you need to have the challenge. I have no idea what he was saying. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode 13 as Mr. Announcer Guys. It wasn't that lovely. He said the episode number. That's new. That was new of him to do. He's never done that before. Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I hope you've had a wonderful week. It is a uh, Wednesday that you're listening to this. Why? Well, because it's always Wednesday when the James Arnold Taylor podcast comes out. Why? Don't have any idea. No, you know, I just decided Wednesday was the day to do the shows. You know, I noticed a lot of shows come out on Mondays. And the funny thing is, is I'm actually recording this on a Monday because that's what I do. I record on Monday, then I edit on Tuesday, then I put it out on Wednesday. And uh, and that's that's how it is. And then we stay current. But a lot of shows come out on Monday and I think that's great. But that's the problem is a lot of shows come out on Monday. So you would be getting my show as well as everybody else's show on Monday. Maybe other people don't give you a show on Wednesday. So now midweek hump day, as they call it, which is, is silly. Uh, then the James Arnold Taylor podcast comes out. I don't know where you're listening. You might be listening on Spotify. You might be listening on Google Play. You might be listening on iTunes or Android app or uh, YouTube. I think that I think a lot of you are listening on my YouTube channel, which is really interesting. Here's some notes I've been getting about that, which is nothing I can do, uh, but certainly YouTube. I guess when you listen, because a lot of people listen on YouTube but it plays the video. And if you're playing from your phone, you can't turn off the screen. A few people have mentioned this to me. And because if you turn off your screen on your phone, then the sound goes away. And that's a YouTube setting. And I think that's uh, that's lame. But, you know, that's because they're expecting you to watch videos. So, I don't know. Maybe YouTube will fix that at some point. Maybe there's some little hack, some way around it. I don't know. But welcome. Nonetheless, can you tell it's early? Uh, you can tell by my voice because I haven't really been doing any talking yet today. It's uh, it's quarter to eight in the morning on Monday. What is it? It's the 14th. It's the 14th of January. Hey, you know what a month from now will be? That's right. Valentine's Day. Woo. I, I'm not a big Valentine's Day guy. We don't celebrate uh, Valentine's Day. You know what it is? The day before is uh, February 13th and that's my daughter's birthday. So we celebrate my daughter's birthday. But, um, and look at this, it's, it's episode 13, but that's next month. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. What do we have on the show today? A lot of cool stuff. First off, thank you. If you are listening on any of these devices, well, if you're listening, yes, you're hearing me. So thank you. And, uh, you know, make sure you write a review. Would you, if you're on iTunes, if you listen on iTunes, give me a, uh, give me a nice uh, five-star rating, please. And write a review. The more reviews and the more ratings I get, the bigger, uh, the more it goes up there and more people might know about the show because we're trying to get the word out there, trying to get everybody to know about the James Arnold Taylor podcast because I think we're doing good work here. I really do. I think we're uh, inspiring people. I think we're changing lives. I think we're making it happen. Insert, uh, fancy tagline here. That's what we're doing. And we've got a lot going on on the show today. So, uh, so please, yes, um, review it, like it, all of that. Also check me out on Instagram, Jat Actor. I don't have a lot, you know, I don't have a big following on Instagram. I'd like to uh, in, increase my following on Instagram. Why? I don't know, but <laughs> I've got a nice following on Twitter and the YouTubes and I love all of that. And so, uh, if you're following me on those, thank you so much. Jat Actor, J-A-T Actor is the handle. And guess what? The James Arnold Taylor podcast, the Jatcast, has its own Twitter handle now because we have our own little space on the world of Twitter. That is the Jatcast, the J-A-T cast for like podcast, but it's the Jatcast because it's James Arnold Taylor and that's too hard to say. So we say Jat. Anyways, follow me there if you can. 
And that would be lovely. But boy, do we have some, uh, got some great stuff coming up on the show here today. I'm going to be doing an interview with my friend Alan Arnold. Alan is a author, producer, a speaker, a keynote speaker uh, at quite a bit of different things. He is a, a, uh, a coach of inspiration and guidance for writers. And uh, we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk to him about his book that he wrote called The Story of With. And we actually did an audiobook together, he and the lovely Catherine Tabor, known as the voice of Padme Amidala on the Clone Wars, for all of you Clone Wars, Star Wars fans. Um, Kat and I did the audiobook for Alan of his book, The Story of With. We're going to talk to Alan, we're going to find out about his life and what he does, and we're going to do that, spread that out throughout a few different episodes, but this, is be, this will be the first one here, and we're also going to play... Check this out. I'm going to, because I'm the one that recorded the book, the story of with the audiobook. I'm going to play you, cut in with the interview segments from the book. So you are going to get a sneak peek of the book. So you can go, you can hear from Alan and then go, oh, I like this guy. I like what he's saying and all of that. I might be interested in his book. Then I'm actually going to play you a little of the book so you can go, oh, look at that. I think I really do want to get this book. This is just my shameless plug to get you to go out and buy Alan's book. No, but seriously, because it, it's a wonderful book and it really goes in line with what my show is all about, which is inspiring you to pursue your dreams and to figure them out. Okay, Alan is kind of like the master of that, like to where I I'm an uh, ambassador of inspiration and I get you to kind of figure out like, you know, what are your dreams? What do you think you want to do? Alan's the guy that like gives you the tools to actually then go and do them and start really doing that. And his book is such a great guide for that. So we're going to talk to him and talk uh, about his book and find out. And then we're going to actually hear from some of the book as well. So isn't that exciting? Exciting stuff. Hey, uh, some other funny things uh, and things going on in my life and in the world. So last episode, episode 12, I noticed, uh, now this was not Jerry the Music Man. Jerry, of course, is the guy that comes in and cues all the music here on the show. You heard him, uh, uh, Billy uh, got him to come in and cue the music there that's playing. Last episode, you may have noticed there was a couple times where I, I asked Jerry to cue the music and nothing happened. Guess what? It actually did happen, but in the mastering of the episode, uh, I had a couple buttons pushed wrong and those uh, tracks, those music tracks didn't show up. So it's kind of funny. I'm listening to it. And I go, well, there's no music there. Now, it, you know, didn't, I mean, there's really no big deal. It's just not like I wasn't interacting with the music, but I say, cue the music, Jerry, and Jerry cues the music and... <laughs> There's nothing there. So that's uh, that's some, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you're a one man show and you're doing everything because it is a one man show. Again, as uh, Mr. Announce Guy said, it's just me doing all the voices here. I'm a voice actor in Hollywood. I do all these voices for uh, things like Star Wars and uh, all sorts of franchises. Back to the Future, Transformers, uh, Spider-Man, um, uh, Marvel. DC, um, The Flash, all these things, right? So, in speaking of Transformers, we're going to actually, we have a special guest. going to get back to interviewing some of my characters. You know, now, in the first episode of the show, I interviewed Obi-Wan Kenobi. We had an exclusive interview with Obi-Wan. And on this one, we we're going to have another exclusive interview with one of my characters, but we're going, uh, we're going more to the dark side, you see. Uh, I'm actually going to interview... The Fallen from the Transformers uh, film Revenge of the Fallen because I was a little known fact here maybe for some of you I was the voice of the Fallen 
originally in the movie, certainly in all the video games and toys. But uh, so we're going to talk to the fallen. We're going to find out. It's, I mean, it's kind of it's different here on the show today because we're actually going to have a bad guy come on. I normally have, you know, most of my characters are good guys, but uh, I play some bad guys. I played, uh, let's see, the leader on Hulk and the Agents of Smash. We should have him him in sometime. Uh, Magneto, which, you know, Magneto of the X-Men, you could say he's a bad guy or you could say he's just misunderstood. And uh, I've been the voice of Magneto, but we're going to bring in the fallen uh, later today and interview him. We're going to talk to him in just a little bit. But um, some really exciting things going on on the show here today, isn't it? I think it's exciting, don't you? Well, of course you do. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. I can't hear you anyways, but I'll, I'll act as though you said, yes, James, of course. All right. So, so many fun things coming up. Uh, so many great things that uh, have happened here. We're going to be taking your emails, of course, in the show, as we always do. And uh, that's fun and that's exciting. And we will do some uh, phone calls and stuff uh, coming up in the uh, upcoming episodes, figuring all that out. And possibly even, I've had some folks do this, uh, send audio clips in. That's an interesting thing, right? Now, I did get one uh, this last week um, from my friend Jonathan Mertz, who sent me a question uh, in audio clip form. So some of you, maybe you want to send audio clips or we might set, set it up to where there's a phone number that you can call in and then just leave me a message. So, uh, you know, rather than writing emails, but I do, I'm, I'm getting so many wonderful emails from all of you. It is hard to uh, get through all of them all the time, but uh, great stuff. So we will go through some of those later in the show with Bob. Hey, Bob, our uh, email guy. Another big announcement that came up recently was uh, uh, that I am going to be coming to Celebration. Star Wars Celebration, that's right. Uh, that's going to be in Chicago. That is going to be coming up in, uh, what is that? Is that March, April? When is it? I should know. I should have all that in front of me, shouldn't I? Let's check and see on the uh, internets here. Uh, Star Wars Cele Celebration. Yeah, Star Wars Celebration. There you go, 2019. Uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019. You know, they used to call it Star Wars Celebration 1 or 2 or 3. Now they just do it by the name. Uh, it's coming up in, ooh, 86 days. Although from now it'll be like 83 days when you guys are listening to this. When is it? See, this is the thing I don't like. I'm sorry. I love you guys, Star Wars Celebration. But, okay, it's up in the top left-hand corner. April 11th through the 15th. They've got this big countdown thing on this on the site, you know. Star Wars Celebration, and they've got a countdown of days, but put the dates right there so people can see it, you know, because I don't want to have to do in my head the math of what 86 days from now is. <laughs> Sorry. That's, uh, oh, look at, there's a bunch of Ahsokas. Oh, there's, oh, yeah, boy, look at, they've got this video running of all the exciting clips of things and people and stuff. I remember back when I used to host Celebration. Oh, See, now I'm just getting sad. No, but I will be there. I'll be there as um, a guest signing. Thanks to all the fine folks at Tops. Mark Von Olin or Darth Von Olin. You can see him there uh, uh, at Tops. Uh, he was kind enough to say, hey, let's bring in James Arnold Taylor as one of our signers this year at Star Wars Celebration. So I will be signing. I will not be hosting as I used to do because they don't use me as a host anymore. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I love the people at Star Wars Celebration who don't return any of my emails or calls. But um, no, it's good. It's all good. It's wonderful. That's going to be happening April 11th through the 15th. 
and uh, exciting stuff. So uh, get your tickets to Star Wars Celebration Chicago and come see me and uh, I will sign there for you. And they're going to have uh, people, all sorts of other guests signing and stuff at the tops uh, area for the autographs. And I really hope they would bring in uh, my good friend, Catherine Tabor and uh, Anna Graves. And st- I think they should, I think they should bring in all the Clone Wars people, Matt Lanter. And I'm sure Matt and Ashley and everybody will be there. You never know. I have no idea who will be there, but um should be a great time. Star Wars Celebration Day. Uh, get your tickets and come see me. I'm also going to be in Chicago the week before, I believe. Uh, just like a week before or two weeks before that. Let me look at my calendar. April. I'm going to be uh, in Chicago in April. Oh, I'm going to be in Chicago the month before. I'm sorry, the month before. Oh, look at this. So in March is when all my Comic-Cons start. People have been asking, where are you going? Are you going to be at cons, James? So let's just do that for now. Let's uh, take a look at some of the cons that James... Should we have different music for this? James's schedule? Uh, hey, Jerry, give me some music for um, my uh, my convention schedule. You got it, James. I like that. Okay, that's good. So where will James be this year for conventions? This is one of those years where I'm actually going to do some conventions. I don't always do conventions, um, but uh, this year I have uh, agreed to do some. I'm going to be at Emerald City Comic Con. That's in Seattle, March 14th through the 17th. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then the very next weekend, I'm off to Chicago for Chicago's uh, C2E2. That's going to be exciting. And then a couple weeks later, I go back to Chicago for Celebration. And uh, we know that's going to be fun. Then in May, doesn't look like I go anywhere in May. Nope. Gonna be a boring month in May. June, another no boring month. Not, no no conventions. I don't see any. July, ooh, okay. Now July gets exciting. Not just because it's my birthday. Uh, in July 12th through the 14th, I will be at Atlanta Comic Con. I'll be in Atlanta. Look at that. Uh, and then a couple weeks later, in August, August 1st through or August 2nd through the 4th, I will be in Tampa Bay at the Tampa Bay Comic-Con. And there's some talk. Oh, and then look at that. In August uh, as well, a couple weeks later, I go to New Mexico. August 14, uh, 15th through the 18th, I'll be in New Mexico for the New Mexico Comic-Con. And I think so far that is it for the cons. Then the back half of the year will be quiet. No, maybe we'll get some more. You never know. Um, but uh, so those are all the cons that James will be doing. Jat, chat a tat tat. I'll be at the cons doing that. Okay. So come and visit me if you're in any of those areas. Come and see me at the cons. That's the best way to get my autograph or to uh, meet me or uh, get uh, any type of uh, photo with me or anything like that. And that's always a lot of fun. I did some fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, I did a performance for my friend Butch Hartman. He has a thing called Vision Possible, and uh, it's a little conference that he puts on, and he did that in Calabasas this last week, and that's not too far from me, and Butch is a good friend of mine, so I said, hey, I'll come out and do uh, 20 minutes of my stage show talking to myself. So I opened his event for him uh, there and did 20 minutes of my show, and that was a ton of fun because these are just folks that are pursuing their dreams and, and goals and trying to achieve more in their lives, and that's what Butch does with Vision Impossible. It's based on the book he wrote with his lovely wife. And his lovely daughter was one of the uh, guest speakers there. 
and uh, and then he had a, a pastor, uh, Nathaniel Spears, I believe is the the name. Nathaniel came and spoke. He had a great time. Vision Possible. Check out Butch Hartman's Vision Possible. Also, check out Butch Hartman's uh, own podcast, Speech Bubble. That's a lot of fun. And Butch is a great guy and a good friend. And so uh, I just want to have you support his stuff too. So there you go. So I did that this last week and it was a lot of fun to get out there and do my stage show. A lot of people ask about my stage show, talking to myself, which I used to do on a regular basis at Disney's Star Wars Weekends, which they don't do anymore. Shame on you, Disney. You should bring back Star Wars Weekends. Okay, bring it back. Come on, guys. And I used to do it at Celebration when they used to ask me to host, but <laughs> they don't ask me to host anymore. Anyways, um, so people ask about my stage show. When will I be doing it? You know what I'm doing right now is I'm kind of reworking the stage show, taking out a lot of the old material and a lot of the things that were just very, very Star Wars centric um, and uh, making it more about my life and my life story and my life as a voice actor. And I'm adjusting my windscreen and my microphone here. There you go. Ooh, that's better, isn't it? That's better. And um, making some adjustments to the show, rewriting it. And I'm thinking, you know, because I would love to take this show on the road. So if you're interested in uh, having my show come to your city, I don't know. Let me know. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't have any money for it or anything, but maybe I'll uh, figure that out. Maybe somebody listening will uh, support a big uh, sponsorship of the James Arnold Taylor show. You know, I'm thinking what I need to do is reach out to some of these uh, managers and stuff. <clears throat> I've done that in the past. <clears throat> Ooh, listen to that. I'm getting really froggy because it's early in the morning. The rest of my house is still asleep. I'm drinking some water. Are you drinking water? Hey, that's something everybody should do. If you're listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast right now, make sure here's one of the things you do. When you listen to the James Arnold Taylor podcast, make sure you have a big bottle of water or big glass of water and take a sip of water every so often, every couple of minutes, every time James does a voice. No, um, <laughs> Drink water. Why? Because it's important to hydrate your body. Drink water. Don't drink Coca-Cola and all that. Sorry, Coca-Cola. But don't drink a bunch of sodas and garbage. Drink water. Nice water. Especially if it's early in the morning. My water is warm right now. I heated up the water. And I got it so it's nice warm water. Why? Because that's good on the vocal cords. It's good on the throat. It's raining outside too. I look out the window right now. It barely rains here in California. It never rains in California. There's a song. And... um. I'm looking out the window and can see the rain. I'm sipping my hot water and doing my podcast. Look at this. Doesn't get better than this, does it? Well, it would if you got moving with the show, James. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who was that? That was just me. That was, uh, we haven't had Hank in here or anything yet. But uh, Hank is actually corralling our guest. I think we should get to it. What do you think? Should we get to our special guest this week? Why not? Let's do it. Our very special guest. Well, let me first tell you the story of how this guest and I came to be. So, uh, you know, as a voice actor, I spend a lot of time auditioning for things. I mentioned this even in my uh, stage show, uh, where auditions are probably what we do more as voice actors than actual jobs, because we're constantly trying to get new jobs. And the only way to do that is to show people by auditioning and auditions come in through my agent. And so this was years ago. This was back in, uh, oh gosh, I want to say 2007 or so, probably 2007. And I got an audition for a thing and it was very kind of uh, uh hush hush but it was also it was it was um what was it secretive it was not secretive there's a word uh, it was clandestine no that's a big word but so it was kind of un it was uncertain what it was because they used code names and stuff so it was all kind of you know filtered that way to where uh, that so i got this audition and it was uh for this character uh, named sebastian 
because they would and and the scripts were um, they pulled out any reference to Transformers. They didn't want you to know it was Transformers because the first movie had come out done pretty well. They were making the second movie, and so I get this audition. And uh, but they give an explanation of what they want this character to kind of sound like. And you get a sense. I got a sense. I'm going, this almost seems like Transformers. But uh, anyways, uh, so this is what we get. And I'm going to pull it up here. I'm going to play it for you. This is the um, the audition that I did. So I did an audition for this character. Again, they called him Sebastian. But uh, but he, he wasn't Sebastian. He's Sebastian like from The Little Mermaid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think, but no, not really. Um, okay, where are you, Sebastian? Oh, I got a lot of files in here in the uh, James Arnold Taylor uh, podcast uh, stuff. Okay, oh, there it is. Uh, yeah, so so I do this audition, and uh, and this is what I give them. They say they don't want, you know, kind of Darth Vader-y sounds and stuff. They don't want it. Optimus, I am your father. They don't want that, you know. But uh, Shia LaBeouf, I am your father. No, they don't want that. Um, they want, uh, they, they, I think they said they want British. They want, I don't have the description in front of me anymore because this was so many years ago, but um, they wanted kind of a British, a little texture, a little, uh, you know, age to him, uh, sophisticated, uh, but, uh, but um, kind of full of himself and such. And so I, I did this. This is what I did. Let's take a listen. James Arnold Taylor Sebastian. So, my apprentice has awoken. Now, we may yet survive. There is another means of creating energy, one that was stolen from me long ago. Its power and its knowledge can never be vanquished. It can only change form, absorbed by the insect child. I have felt it. Only one boy stands in your way. So very many centuries, and your worthless kind remains the same. Revenge is mine! You dare challenge me? So now... If you know what's going on, he's actually he's talking to Megatron and he's talking about Optimus and he's talking about uh, the, the kid, you know, the Shia LaBeouf character. I don't remember his name. And, um, and, the, and the humans and he's talking about Energon and all that. But they kind of pulled all those things out of the, the whole thing, you see. And uh, so I did that and, um, and I get a callback, which means what? It means they want to see me again. They want to talk to me. They want to uh, audition me in person. So I get a call back and they say it's with Michael Bay. So I go to Michael Bay's uh, compound, his big uh, facility in Santa Monica, California. And uh, I go in there and I park, I park in there and, um, and uh, these gigantic dogs, I mean, they are like lions come running up to me. And, and, you know, and I, I you know, look, I, I, as a kid, I was terrified of dogs. I really was because I got bit, I, I've been bit by, uh, let's see, I was bit by a, a Cocker Spaniel, <laughs> took a huge chunk out of my hand. I've got a massive scar on my hand still from this Cocker Spaniel. My brother and I were, uh, helping these neighbors, uh, feed their dog while they were gone. Dog looked at me and just decided to just bite me. <laughs> I was like, I was, uh, I think I was seven years old. 
just he took a look at me and yeah, I guess he sensed the fear in me because I was a little afraid of dogs and he just grabbed me and just took a big chunk out of my hand uh, and then I got uh, bit by a, a chihuahua <laughs> when I was I think I was four I got bit in the stomach by a chihuahua isn't that great and then uh, I got bit by a pit bull and and honest to goodness this is one of those things where the grace of God came in because had I not been more careful I mean you know had I not uh, Pulled my head back when I did, I probably would not be here now because that dog would have latched on and it would have been over. Uh, he bit me between the eyes. That's a long story. Um, uh, my sister uh, lived with uh, some folks that had a pit bull and they kept trying to get me to uh, be comfortable around the dog. And so they would do this thing where you put your face down next to him and he would uh, lick your face. So they got me to go and do that. And I was very apprehensive about it. And the dog decided instead to uh, bite me in the face. So I threw, I pulled my head back just in time. I still have a, a chip in my uh in my nose and a, and a and a scar in my nose on the top of my nose from uh, where that dog tried to take my face off literally anyways so always a little afraid of dogs so i go into michael bay's compound and he's got these uh, tremendous lion dogs just gigantic dogs and i'm like okay just relax james uh and uh, so i just try to play it cool i play it cool the dogs are okay with me and they have me waiting around and then michael bay comes in and he looks at me and he goes you're the guy you know i'm the guy wow okay didn't expect that but he was really cool about it he did not then go oh no forget it because sometimes that happens as you if if you know me and you follow my stories i'll tell you sometimes you know like as the voice of fred flintstone even people have judged me because of my size five foot four 120 pounds i don't look like i could do the voice of fred flintstone or andre the giant or uh or the fallen or any of these characters and so uh people kind of judge me by the way i look he did not he went, all right, come on. So I went in the studio with Michael Bay to his uh, recording studio. And there on his computer, he's got pretty much the whole movie laid out. Because, you know, now the voices they lay down afterwards, you know, obviously. They, they, they had shot most of the movie. He had a rough cut of Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen there on his computer. And it was just me and him. He was engineering the whole thing. Uh, that's what I liked about him. Uh, I know people kind of say good and bad about Michael Bay, um, that he can be kind of hard to work with and stuff. And I have friends that have actually worked with him, stunt people and stuff that have worked with him and have said he's very difficult to work with. But he was very nice to me. So um, I will just say that. And uh, and he was running the whole show. He was uh, controlling all the stuff. And um, so he's like, okay, let's just run through it. Let's do some of the lines. So we had some of the lines and I did, uh, you know, so I put on that voice and I, I just channeled this kind of old British character, you know, revenge is mine. And so we run through the lines. I leave. I stop because there was a restaurant that I used to go to there called Real Food Daily RFD in Santa Monica. I thought, I'll stop and get a bite to eat first before going home because that was a trip just uh, dealing with Michael Bay and all of that and his lion dogs and uh, <laughs> I go in there and I'm walking uh, to the restaurant and I get a call and they say uh, we just wanted to say uh, that Mr. Bay congratulations Mr. Bay uh, says you will be the voice of the fallen in his new movie <laughs> I was like wow this is very cool and so uh, you'll be notified as to when to come into the studio uh, later next week and uh, record the lines Okay, great. So I go in and I record the lines of uh, The Fallen for the movie for uh, the entire film, record all the lines uh, in one session and record them. And then I keep calling my agent saying, okay, let's make sure, 
You know, I don't get replaced by a celebrity. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So then they call me in and I do the video game of uh, the because so they make a video game that goes in line with the movie and they make the game as they're making the movie. So they both come out on the same day and all of that. Right. So I go in and record all the lines for the Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen as the Fallen for the video game as well a few weeks or a month later or something like that after I've recorded all the lines for the movie and I'm thinking okay I you know maybe I am maybe I'm the voice of the Fallen this is going to be great and I know that the name of the movie is Revenge of the Fallen so I'm thinking this is pretty great for a voice actor to now be this. Now, because the thing is, is they did keep Peter Cullen, but here's the only reason why they kept Peter Cullen, which they should. By the way, Peter Cullen has one of the coolest, best voices in the world, on the planet. I, Optimus Prime, the voice of Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen, oh my, I won't even attempt to do it because it is one of the most unique fantastic uh, hair on the back of your neck and arms raising up when you hear it. So cool voices. I love Peter Cullen's voice. And Peter is a wonderful man and a, a wonderfully talented voice actor. Loves the craft of voice acting and is so great. And he's been so many other wonderful voices from Eeyore to uh, you know G.I. Joe characters, all in between. But um, Optimus Prime right? And they were going to get a celebrity to play Optimus Prime originally, just like they got Hugo Weaving to replace Frank Welker. I love Hugo Weaving. I've doubled for Hugo Weaving on things before. I've been his voice uh, for The Matrix. I was, Mr. Anderson, we're so pleased to have you here. You know, um, I did, uh, the, the, yeah, what was, I can't remember the character's name in The Matrix, but I did a bunch of stuff for The Matrix. Look at me. I'm going off on tangents. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's a tangent, James. Um, we did the Animatrix. Do you remember the Animatrix? The animated uh, cartoons. That, uh, there were nine short films and they came out. It was called the Animatrix. I'm in more of those than any other actor. I'm in four or five of the nine and I starred in the one called Detective Story and I am the detective in that. A case to end all cases. Um, that was fun. Anyways, way off on a tangent. Back to uh, the Transformers, another big uh, uh, franchise that I've got to be blessed to be in. So, um, yeah, they replaced Frank Welker with Hugo Weaving in the first um, movie as Megatron, which was a, a shame that they did that. And then, um, uh, so uh, I'm thinking maybe I'll get replaced by a celebrity. You never know. And no, 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 my agents keep assuring me. No, no, you won't be replaced. It'd be fine. It'll be fine. It was not Franklin, my agent Franklin. <laughs> and it was not my agent Dean Panaro. It was not Dean. It was a different uh, agency that will go unnamed at this point because they were quite wrong and they uh, did not do uh, what I was hoping they would do, which was call them and check up with them and keep up with them and say, you are going to use James still, right? You're not going to replace him with a celebrity, you know, but they didn't do that. So you got to keep on it when you're a voice actor because you're not a big name and you don't have anything to fall back on to say, hey, keep me in this movie this gigantic uh, Hollywood movie. So what happens? I keep uh, asking them to check in. They don't check in. And sure enough, there's articles coming out. Who will be the voice of uh, the fallen, you know, and uh, will they bring Frank Welker in since they didn't have him as the voice of Megatron? Who will it be? You know, and I'm sitting there going, well, I know it's me, but maybe it's not. Who knows? I'm doing press as the fallen for uh, the video game. They did interviews. There's interviews. I think you can even find some of those on YouTube and stuff uh, where I'm talking as uh, that and, and everything. And so 
I'm still a little nervous. The movie's got about a month or so before it comes out, and I'm going, I don't know if I'm even the voice anymore. And then I find out three weeks before the movie comes out that they have replaced me with the actor Tony Todd, who is a, a wonderful man. I've worked with Tony. I've talked with him about this before and all. Wonderful guy. Not his fault. He has nothing to do with that. He's, of course, a friend of Michael Bay's because he was in other movies that Michael had done. And um, they replaced me with Tony. And what I found interesting, and again, this is not a slight on Tony Todd at all, but the the thing that Michael Bay was adamant about was he did not want it to sound like Darth Vader. You know, he did not want it to have that Darth Vader sound of the fallen because, because you know, it's kind of, you don't want it to be like that. He wanted it very different. And that's why he liked what I was doing. Giving him this British voice that was, you know, this different character and, uh, and a little more gravel, a little more depth to it, you know. Um... A kind of this tortured, uh, dramatic thespian soul. And um, then he went back and changed it all to Darth Vader. Because Tony, uh, Tony did a great job, but Tony does have that kind of Darth Vader-y, James Earl Jones sound to him. And that's what I felt in the end uh, in the movie it was. Now, here's, a, here's another little secret I will say, though, which is interesting. I have found watching the movie, they kept some of my uh, battle sounds and things. So, and I still get checks for the film, but, um, so if you listen, they did not use all of Tony's, so Tony probably didn't do a lot of it because that's what happens a lot of times with celebrities and things. They do not ask them to do all the big, you know, the battle sounds. So if you watch, uh, Revenge of the Fallen, uh, some of the sounds that he's making when he's fighting, those are me. Those are not Tony Todd. That's actually me. They kept it. Um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good and bad for me. It's a bummer because it, it just hurts. It hurts when you get replaced. Um, but, uh, but they kept me in the video game. So I am the voice of the Fallen still in some levels. And you can find me there. So if you ever play the Transformers 2 video game, you'll hear me as uh, the Fallen. So let's bring, I have gone on way too long telling you this story, but I think it's an interesting story. And I think most of you that are interested in voiceover like to hear the behind the scenes and all the uh, dirty laundry of what happens in Hollywood. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in the Fallen. Hey, Hank. Hank. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ooh, watch it. Watch it over there. Okay, easy. Yep. What are you doing? Hey. What is that? Uh, what? Uh. There you go. What? Yeah, that's your falling right there. It looks like a toaster oven. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's 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 the the falling dude. It's right there. It's a toaster oven. It's not a falling. That's what he transforms into. Is a toaster oven? Hey man, you know you just said you bring in the bring in the bring in the transformer, and that's what that's what it was right there. So there you go. There's the transformers. Okay. Well, how do we? Yeah, I don't know. Let me, let me get them to you know transform and turn into. Hello. Hey. Hello. I don't know. Let me. Yeah. Hello. 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 Oh, don't 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 upset him. I mean, he's like a he's a prime man. He's a big. You know. Hello. Look at him making him talk with the lid. Hello, I am a transformer. Okay, don't, don't, don't. I'm telling you, man, you gotta, you gotta mess him up. Maybe you should, you know, maybe you should, maybe we should plug him in. Plug him in? Yeah, okay. Let me, let me get him. This is a really unattractive view of you, Hank. Let me just find a plug back in. Okay, all right. Plug it. All right. That didn't do anything. Well, you gotta hit start here. Let me, let me set. How much time do you want to interview him for? I'll set the timer on <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. Just set it for a couple of minutes there and, and then hit start. Okay, let me get uh, started. Oh, oh, oh. 
Taking two charges. Oh. <laughs> yes. Finally, I have been awakened from my slumber. Revenge is mine. Okay. Okay. Whoa. 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 Hey. How are you? Hi. Down here. Whoa. Hello. Nice hole you put in my roof, there, fella. Who are you, insect? Well, I am James, James Arnold Taylor. I'm the host of is my podcast. You're on my podcast. Podcast. Yes. With this podcast, I shall tap into the matrix of the internet, speaking to all the world. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, hello. Stop for a second. What? Yeah, this I don't I don't I don't have that many listeners. I don't know if you can tap into the matrix of the world or anything with this. It's just I just can, can I just ask you some questions? Questions from you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, look, look. Yeah, I'm pathetic. I'm tiny. Okay, whatever. I get it. I just wanted to ask you some questions about you know being you know the the fallen in this movie. That kind of an appropriate title because I, I got to tell you, a lot of people didn't love the movie. Yes, yes, get on with it. What's your point? So you're you're a transformer. You're a robot in disguise, and uh, you're the fallen. You're a big bad guy, and uh, you're vowing uh, vengeance on uh, everybody and uh, all of that. And you know, Optimus Prime. Where is Optimus Prime? I shall destroy my brother. Yeah. Okay. All right. Relax. So when you and Megatron and Starscream and all those guys are hanging out and stuff, you know, what do you guys do with your spare time here on Earth? I mean, like you, you should. Uh, I mean, you should be like watching stuff. You should. You, you actually should have watched the first movie. You see, because then if you watched the first movie, then you could have seen some of the things that they did to try and kind of get back at them and figure out a way to defeat them. But you know, it doesn't really happen. And I mean, I'm just wondering why you didn't do that. You know. Insectual, you know nothing. Okay. Probably. I mean, that's yeah. That's probably true, but. I'm not a toaster oven, you know? Like, so... This so-called toaster oven will take over your planet with the help of Starscream and Megatron. I will destroy all humanity. And there is nothing you, Jack, can do to stop it. I am the fool. Hey, what happened? I think he I think he, he moved around too much and his plug came undone. Oh. Yeah, look at that. He did. Well what do we do with him now? I don't know. There's a little button there. You want me to push it? I guess. I mean, well, I mean be careful. I don't want him coming back. I mean, look at the look at the damage he did to my house. I'm gonna have to get this fixed. Well, he's a big guy. I mean, you should have known better to bring it in a like, you know, a big transformer guy to come in, you know. I, you know, I didn't even think of it. I guess I should have had him outside. All right, well push that push that button and see what happens. Yeah, back to the old toaster oven. Okay, hey Hank, you know, put him in the uh, recycler. Yeah, okay. That was that was not the best interview. No, that was. I I don't think we need it. I think we should move on. Okay. Whew, wow. Thanks, Hank. Yeah, you guy. Okay, come on, Mister Fallen Transformer Toaster Oven guy. Maybe I get toast. Hey, maybe I use him to toast some bread for my onion sandwich. That'd be good to make a little toasties here. No, no, Hank, don't don't plug him down. Okay. Well, that didn't work out so well, but, um, so that's the fallen and, uh, now he was on the show. This is why I only have good guys really on my show, you know? So maybe next time I'll have, uh, I'll have some other, uh, character on the show. Let me know who you want me to interview. I know a lot of people, you've been asking me to interview Ratchet. 
I did an episode though way back there where I talked about Ratchet. So maybe we'll have Ratchet on soon or Johnny Test. Hey, does anybody want to have me uh, interview Johnny Test? Let me know if you do. That'd be fun. I was the voice of Johnny Test for uh, many years, six seasons of the show Johnny Test. And uh, I haven't had Johnny on the show. I thought that'd be kind of fun. We'll bring him out sometime. But I think it's time we uh, go a little deeper on the show and talk with my friend Alan Arnold about his book, The Story of With. What do you say? So, my good friend Alan Arnold is an author. He is a speaker. He is a producer of creativity. And he loves bringing creatives together. And so he wrote a book called The Story of With, A Better Way to Live, Love, and Create. And we're going to talk about that book, but we're also going to get to know Alan in this because, you know, rather than, again, spend my time uh, talking about voiceover constantly in this, I also want to encourage you that there are friends of mine that are creating positive influences in the world and helping you get to your positive you see so that's why i'm talking with alan we're going to break this up into different parts today we're going to listen to part one of my interview with him and then this is an exclusive here to the james arnold taylor podcast the Jatcast. we are going to play an excerpt from the book that we recorded here at my studios the story of with a better way to live love and create by alan arnold with katherine tabor katherine uh voiced the character mia in the book i voiced the other parts of the book and you're going to hear an excerpt from Cat's part of the story today. So Padme Amidala is on the show with us, uh, along with Alan Arnold. So let's listen to the interview with Alan first, and then the excerpt from the book, The Story of With. Check it out. My time with Alan Arnold. Alan, thank you for being with me. James, it's great to be here. Thanks. We have known each other, I don't know, gosh, a good six years at least now, I think. And we always seem to uh, encourage each other by just kind of being there, you know? So uh, can you tell everybody a little bit about like, you know, you and what you do and, uh, you know, where you live and all that? Because you have a really fun, interesting life, I think. Well, I've always loved story. And so I guess that would be the common theme or thread throughout my life. But uh, as a child, was just uh, captured by Superman comics and graphic novels and movies and read a lot of everything from Stephen King to current bibliographies of people. And so always was drawn to that. Well, as I grew up, got into marketing, was fascinated by advertising because the whole premise of somebody has a 30-second television commercial that's trying to sell you something and you actually (laughs) want to see it. Yeah. I realized, boy, that's an, there's an art there yeah. that I love when it's done well. <laughs> right. And so spent time in the advertising world. It was a lot like Mad Men yeah. uh, at that time. I mean, it, it was a crazy world where people were smoking at their desk and they mm-hmm. were, and this was only like 20 years ago, but they were <laughs> like smoking weird? at their desk. It was fast paced. Uh, it was a place full of ideas and yeah. full of energy. And I loved it. And then ultimately took that love of content and of story and of how to how to quickly gain traction with people with an idea and went into publishing. From there became the fiction publisher, one of the largest fiction publishing houses at that time, and got to be the publisher there for about 500 novels over the course of a decade. And so story has always been this influencer for me. Now I work at a ministry. Uh, Ransomed Heart is a ministry founded by John Eldridge. He wrote a book called Wild at Heart, right? which really uh, introduces men to the larger story and women to the larger story 
through captivating that they were born to live in. So, yeah, James, you can you can kind of see you know the story thread that goes through everything. But that's the thing I love talking to people about is yeah. it's just an examination of their story. Who are you, and what is the story you're living, and why does that matter? Man, it matters so much, and I don't think enough people know that. And I think that's that's also one of the things you and I kind of talk about whenever we get together, or just or even on the phone, is like people not seeing that they have this amazing story that is their life, not feeling they're important enough to say they have a story. And your book, The Story of With, I think helps people find that in an, an unusual way because it is an allegory. Correct. And, and can you explain a little bit about it? Talk about your book a little too, because I just love it. I, obviously, I'm biased. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got to help with uh, the audio version of it and stuff. But tell us about your book, The Story of With. Sure. Well, The Story of With, I, I just felt like the best way to tell people a story, and remember, I was a fiction publisher, so right. worked with hundreds of novels and novelists and realized at the time I didn't really ever have a desire to write my own book or story. But then I found myself on this journey, James, where I was realizing there has to be more to life. And right. most of us, I would say, it's the first sentence of the book, and it really was the catalyst for me, is most of us are stuck in a story of without. We yeah. go through our life and through the day without much hope, without many dreams realized, without deep friendships, and without really experiencing the presence of God or knowing why we are here or what chapter of our own story we're in. And yeah. so the story of with is really a roadmap for dreaming bigger dreams of understanding why are we here and, and how do we pursue our gifting, our creativity, not in our own strength, not all alone, mm -hmm. but actually with the creator. How do we step into our creative passions and desires not just to pay the bills, but to yeah. more fully come alive. And so yeah. that's how the book came into being. Man, it is, it's really great. The thing I love about it, and, and I was very honored that you asked me to, to read it before you even put it out. And there, you've got both sides of it. You've got the allegory, and then you've got these parts where you like take little breaks and you are then just one-on-one -on -one with the reader. And it's just you kind of breaking it down in ways that are so easy to understand and so easy to apply to your own life. So many books, so many things out there where we're kind of like, they're like talking about, isn't this great? And this is the greatest thing ever. And I've achieved this. And nobody gives you the tools. But I really feel like your book especially just gave me stuff that I could walk away with right then and there, how to do it. And by the end of the book, you're just like, dude, I'm set. I can, I can go after my dreams here and my goals and I know how to kind of keep it in check. And I just, I really admire that you did that because that's a hard thing to do. And it's also just not done very often. Oh, well, I, that means so much you're saying that. And really that was my goal. It was to take what could be fantastical or mystical, which is, wait a minute, you're saying I can actually pursue my creativity in a way that God pursued his creativity in Genesis, yeah. like in the wildness and in the fantastical way that he brought things into being, I get to do that in some way. Yeah. So it is mystical and fantastical. And yet it also is very practical and that there's a way to step into that every day. Yeah. And, and most people, I work with creatives all the time now, yeah. and most people miss that. Most people turn their creativity into a revenue stream mm. 
um, or a way to do things for validation or approval yeah. or just to pay the bills maybe. Yeah. And, and all of the joy and wildness and just freshness that I believe was meant to be in our creativity gets lost. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, then we've done a few things, but we've never really fully experienced who we could be and how we could create. And that's a loss. And so yeah. that's where I work with creatives all the time to say, you're really talented. The problem isn't your talent. The problem is how you're approaching it yeah. and how you're trying to breathe life into it. And if you do it differently, you can exponentially increase what you thought was your upper limit on how to create. Right. And and that is exactly what happens with our main character in it, Mia, who in the allegory part of it. So again, you, you jump back and forth in the chapters. You're telling this really cinematic story. I can't wait for the movie of this. Now, see, I am already visualizing and imagining the <laughs> film of this being made because it, it really is. And here's the other thing that's wonderful about it is you have a female lead character. And that wasn't because you were like, I'm trying to kind of be up with the times or anything. It just makes sense that Mia is this character that is, um, she's missing in action, right? Isn't that uh, kind of the, the, the exactly. place the name? Exactly. And I don't say that anywhere in the book, yeah. but behind the scenes, you and I know, and, and your listeners will know, her name is Mia because we're all MIA, yeah. missing in action in our own story. And by that, I mean, we feel like we've kind of arrived into it a little bit late. Mm. We kind of see what's going on. We're <laughs> somewhat unsure. Yeah. And, and it's a fog. Yeah. And so Mia is this really um, every man, every woman, person who is trying to figure out why am I here? Because I feel like I'm a, an orphan. I feel like it's all up to me yeah. to make things happen and to watch her journey into story to actually determine her own identity and what she was really meant for. Um, it's also fun because she's a chef yeah. and she's got this hunger for more. Right. And that's been driving her her whole life. It's not just the physical hunger for food, but really the spiritual and just the identity hunger of what is my purpose? Why am I here? Right. And why am I drawn to the things that I love to do when it seems like success is so hard to find? Yeah. And so through her journey, we get to be on our own journey. Inside her old Chevy Nova, Mia lowered her head to the steering wheel and allowed the tears to flow. She'd been a fool. Somehow she believed that she could actually find work doing what she loved. But she was fired as a waitress and couldn't make the cut for a restaurant training program. Who cares if she enjoys cooking? She pressed her palms into her eyes and rubbed the emotion away. Toughen up, girl. Another dream gone. Get used to it. She started the car, cranked up the stereo, and punched the accelerator. The four-hour drive would give her time to figure something out. She thought of her friend and sighed. At least Sarah still has her job. As she approached the interstate, it was bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. The flashing sign at the entrance ramp read, Expect delays. Accident ahead. Mia glanced at the map app on her phone. It offered an alternate route that took back roads for 17 miles. Fine. She'd take the detour and reconnect with the interstate once she was past whatever was causing the slowdown. Mia sped up as the directions led her to the county road. She passed under a canopy of trees, enjoying the open space of a single-lane dirt road. Classic rock blared from the car speakers, 
giving voice to the angst she was feeling. The fuel needle was approaching empty, but she could make it back to the interstate before needing a gas station. A brilliant sky of purple and orange lay before her, with no passing cars to distract. The change in scenery was helpful, but not enough to stop her from rethinking every word she said in the meeting. If she had just been more persuasive, maybe she could have won over the committee. When ten minutes turned to fifteen, Mia began to doubt this shortcut. Would it be that hard to give drivers a sign for what's ahead? She glanced at her phone. The image on the screen was frozen. She tried to refresh it but had no cell reception. The speedometer needle jumped from 50 to 75 miles per hour, a cloud of dust behind the Nova. If she was destined to be lost, at least she would get there in record time. That was the secret to her survival. Stay busy. Make things happen. If you slow down, the world passes you by. Several miles later, her car was running on fumes. Mia fluctuated between fear of running out of gas and anger at herself. She tried to calculate how much farther until the road merged back with the interstate. It couldn't be more than a few minutes, could it? Maybe she should turn around. She hated the thought of retracing the same miles. So inefficient. Besides, she didn't have enough gas to get all the way back anyway. Surely something was up ahead. Mia shut off her phone and then restarted it, hoping to find a signal. Waiting. Waiting. Suddenly, the car jolted. Her phone fell to the floorboard. The engine locked. With no power, all she could do was force the steering wheel to the right and hope the car would coast to the side of the road before stopping. She pounded her hand on the dash. How stupid to take an untested shortcut in an unknown area, especially with so little gas in the tank. Shame covered her like a thick blanket. She picked up her phone. Still no service. She had maybe an hour of sunlight before nightfall. The silence was disconcerting. No birds, no cars, and no point just sitting in her car. She got out and opened the trunk. She knew she wouldn't find a gas can, but she didn't know what else to do. A spare tire, a half-eaten bag of potato chips, and a pair of old running shoes were all that was back there. She traded her sandals for the running shoes and slammed the trunk. She'd wait. Surely someone would drive by and see her stranded. She popped the hood and circled her car a few times. Then she sat on the trunk, her hair falling over her face, and tried to think of the best thing to do given the situation. Her mind was blank. Over the next hour, two cars passed without stopping. That's it. I've got to do something or I'll be spending the night out here in the dark. She tossed the phone in her backpack, along with the jacket she had in the car, and slung it over her shoulder. She walked down the road in the same direction she had been driving. If she only had an hour left of daylight, her hope rested in something up ahead, not 20 miles behind her. I hate this, she screamed. Her outburst was greeted by silence. Why is everything always up to me? She picked up a stone and threw it at the closest tree. She missed. Mia shivered in the cool evening air. She put her jacket on and continued down the road. After a mile or so, she saw a sign up ahead. It was the first she'd seen since detouring down this county road. She jogged to it, her backpack hitting her lower back with each step. When she was close enough to read it, she stopped and laughed. The two faded words, 
Gas. Ahead. Looked like they'd been painted a decade ago. While it would have been nice to know how far ahead, the promise of fuel gave her the will to keep moving. The walk left her with ample time to wrestle with thoughts she normally tried to avoid. Life wasn't working on any front, and hadn't since she was a girl. Her father was the only one who'd ever believed in her. Until the day he drove off and never returned. She was only six years old, and in the blink of an eye, her father simply was no more. Her mother raised her, but never understood her. She dug her phone from her pack. It was dead. There was no one to call anyway. The last light of day gave way to a harvest moon and a smattering of stars that cast a surreal glow to the path. Mia's feet had blisters and her back ached from the overstuffed pack. I should have stayed in my car or gone back the way I came. At least then I'd know what to expect. At first, she thought her eyes were playing tricks on her. But the closer she got, the more clearly she could discern the outline of a building. It was the gas station. She approached it and sighed. It wasn't just closed. It looked like it had been deserted years ago. She leaned against the rusted gas pump. So the sign promising help had been both right and not helpful. She walked to the back side of the station. The door and windows were boarded up. But on the right side of the building was a metal bench. Exhaustion overcame her. She let the pack drop from her shoulder and collapsed on the bench with the reluctant acceptance that it was the safest place to rest for the night. She took off her jacket and wadded it into a makeshift pillow. Unfamiliar sounds reminded her how far from home she was. She had no idea how to protect herself at an abandoned gas station in the middle of nowhere. If a wild animal chose to eat her, she just hoped it would be over fast. I taste really bad, she announced to any nearby predator. And I'm a chef so I would know. Her sarcasm provided little comfort. Mia looked up at the sky, her eyelids heavy. The flickering stars and full moon served as a ceiling. She felt small in such a vast universe. Thankfully, sleep came fast. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that little time there, a little break from James Arnold Taylor talking to himself. I think you're going to want to get that audiobook and hear Catherine Tabor reading. If you're Star Wars fans, you recognize her voice as the voice of Padme Amidala. It's a really an interesting story. Where does it go? And then you also get my voice in there talking to you. We're going to play some of that as well. Um, so on another episode, the n- next week, we're going to play more of Alan's interview And I'm going to play another segment of the book, and you'll hear some of the stuff that I read in the book. So just kind of getting you encouraged to want to go out and get Alan's book. Go Again, you can go to Amazon.com and get The Story of With, A Better Way to Live, Love, and Create by Alan Arnold. You can get it in paperback, or you can get it in Kindle, and you can get, or you can get the audiobook. Check out Alan Arnold's The Story of With, A Better Way to Live, Love, and Create. Thanks to Alan for taking that time and doing that interview with me. I hope, uh, I hope you all enjoyed it, and I hope you come back for a part two next week. So what should we do now? Should we take some emails? I think we should. Cue that music, Jerry the Music Man. And hey, Bob, bring in Bob. Our viewer mail guy. Hey, Bob, 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 Bob. How are you? I'm good, 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 James. Ah, I see what you did there. What do we got here, Bob? We got a lot, a lot, so many people emailing. 
Well, well, no, I mean, indubitably-doo, indubitably-doo, yes, there is a lot of people, James. You know, I, so, so let me just say to everybody, thank you for taking the time for going to jamesarnoldtaylor.com, clicking on the chat show link up on the top of the right-hand side of the page, and then filling out the uh, questionnaire form there and filling in the Choose a Topic, the Jatcast podcast. And then sending your whole thing there and uh, from the country. And, you know, you could even put, if you're from the U.S., put what state you're in. That way I know where you're at. Okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea there, James. Yes. All right. So, uh, Bob, what do we got? We got so many different ones to choose from here. Got a lot from last week talking about adoption, telling my adoption story with my wife and I. And, you know, we got into um, the decision to adopt but we didn't get into the whole process of adopting and everything, which is a whole other thing. And then when we actually uh, adopted and held our daughter for the first time and all of that, because that goes in line with the big story of me when I lost my voice due to a black toxic mold that I was exposed to from the house that we had. And uh, all that, that goes in line with the whole story of adopting my daughter, Lydia, which I'll have to say for another episode. That's also on a JAT uh, drive, I believe. I believe I told a lot of that story on a Jat Drive. If you have not uh, checked out the videos on my YouTube channel, you should do it, man. It's very cool. It's a cool place to go. It's a good thing to do. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's hundreds, literally hundreds of videos. I go in there and I go, oh, wow, look at that video. I forgot I did that. So many videos over a short time, over about three and a half years now, I've been making videos on YouTube and put them out and uh, back in 2017 I challenged myself to do 365 videos a video a day and I did 365 for uh, based on my book Jat 365 and you can buy my book on Amazon or you can go and live it for free for an entire year with me on the YouTube channel or you could buy the book and watch the videos. That way you're really kind of doing both. That's what I would prefer you to do. Not just because I want to sell books, but because, and you know, look, it's not even about selling the books. The truth is I self-published this book on uh, CreateSpace and Amazon. And it costs you, I want to say it costs you probably about 600, 700 bucks to produce a book. And then, you know, the book sells for like 15 bucks. I get about $4 for that book. Amazon takes the rest. You know what? And I say that only for those of you that are interested in putting out a book or producing a book or self-publishing a book. It's expensive to self-publish a book and then put it out. But um, the book is uh, has done well throughout the years. I, uh, it came out, I believe, in uh, 2013. So it's been out about five years now. I guess I should do an anniversary edition. And so people are still buying the book. I got one from somebody uh, just the other day saying they just uh, bought a copy of the book. So God bless you. Thank you so much for buying Jat365. You can get it on Amazon.com. When you're going out there to Alan Arnold's book, uh, The Story of With, and buying that, look at that. You could do a twofer. You would be so inspired if you bought Alan's book and my book and did them both together. Oh my goodness, you would conquer the world. Okay. Um, hey, let's see. What do we got? Uh, bob, Bob, Bob. Okay. Oh, well, this one is from Trey. In the United States. So, so Bob, now we're doing something here. I've noticed because I've noticed a lot of people have asked me to not include their last name. So I'm, I'm not going to include people's last names on the emails out of respect for all of you that don't want your full name out there. We're just going to go by uh, first names here now on this. And unless you want me to say your whole name, you can say that in it. But otherwise, we're just going to go by first names. So, Bob, we've got a, a, an email from Trey. T-R-E-Y. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, Trey from the United States says, Hey, James, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and just you in general. 
Well, that's very nice. I like that. I actually remember the first time I heard you was on one of the Lord of the Rings video games when I was a kid, and I've been a fan ever since. Well, that, that's awesome. That goes way back. I was actually Pippin in a few of the Lord of the Rings video games. Um, yes, I was, I was doing a Pippin voice. So it's a young British voice. And uh, Mary, what are you doing? Yeah, oh, yes. Now, before I ask my question, I would just love to say thank you for all that you have done with JAT365. Oh, look at that. I, see, I didn't even know, Bob, that you were going to read an email that was about JAT365. And look at that. I already did it. Look, see, I've, I've already promoted JAT365. Oh, yo, look at it. Yes. I followed your videos uh, for a year and uh, got me out of some very rough patches in life. Currently, I am following along again with the hard copy and feeling great about the pursuit of my dreams. This is okay. Now, see, honest to goodness, everybody, I had no idea Bob was going to read this email from Trey that was going to be about Jat365. But look at that. So Trey bought the book Jat365, went through it for a year did all the journaling in it and all of that, and now is watching the videos to go through. I think that's fantastic. Awesome. Good for you, Trey. Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Yes, uh, well, I have even ordered more copies that I plan to give away as Christmas gifts to friends and family this upcoming holiday season. Because this was written, you see, in November November 27th. Yes, yeah, see, I mean, we get emails, and I have been trying to catch up with some of the emails. Um, so some of you folks, you know, if you wrote an email, just hang in there, because this one was written back in November, but we're still, we have so many to, to sort through and go through. I literally, it's just like now thousands of emails that we have to go through. And so um, this is fantastic. Uh, but okay, so uh, Trey, hopefully Trey gave some uh, copies of my book, Chat 365, away for Christmas. That's very nice. Thank you, Trey. So, uh, oh, there is a question. Question though from Trey, right? Oh yes, there is. Yes. So my question is: aside from Obi Wan Kenobi, what original star trilogy Star Wars character would you like to voice if there were ever an opportunity for it? Thanks again, and God bless, Trey. Okay. Well, you know, I actually I get asked this question a lot, and I I think through the years I used to kind of joke. I would say Uncle Owen, and that was always kind of my joke. Um. But the truth is, is there aren't any because you know what? I know everybody that plays these characters. They're all my friends and they play them. So, you know, I mean, I and as a voice actor, I think that's the other thing is and it's a great question, Trey. So it's not it's not that I don't uh, agree with the question. It's just what I'm saying is I I'd rather play original characters than ones that were already done that somebody else already did. You know, I mean, like so much of my career is doubling celebrities or uh, taking over for celebrities, you know, whether be it Obi-Wan Kenobi or uh, Fred Flintstone or uh, Hiccup Haddock in How to Train Your Dragon or whatever, where I'm kind of coming in and taking over and and doing that which is fine it's fun it's great but i love developing my own character so i would much rather what i think i would much rather have is the opportunity to play a new character on one of the new shows that uh you know like resistance or one of these shows and i auditioned for so many of those characters uh and uh, did not get a single one but <laughs> i thought i did great anyways but uh, they got a lot of celebrities on that show and so um you know i'd rather I think I'd rather at this point in my career not take over a role from somebody, but have a new character that I get to create on my own. And that would be more fun for me. So, um, so yeah, really, there, there really isn't any uh, trilogy, original trilogy characters that I would want to voice uh, outside of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Old Ben, 
I, I would have been happy to have been the voice of old Ben and uh, on uh, Rebels and stuff, and I was bummed out that I did not get to because I have voiced him on a couple other things. So that was a bummer. But um, So he would be the only original trilogy character that I would uh, actually want to uh, voice is Obi-Wan Kenobi, who I actually do voice. All right, so there you go. But Trey, great, fantastic, so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm talking backwards. So much thank you. Thank you so much for that email and that question. Yes, okay, well, uh, then uh, now here's another one. This is from Derek in the USA. Oh, he's actually in Florida. Derek in Florida. Derek from Florida. What's he, Derek? What, what does Derek write? He says, uh, hey, James, first and foremost, I truly appreciate your openness about your faith. It is refreshing. I am a wannabe v, uh, VOA, which is a, a voiceover actor. A voiceover actor, that's right. Very good, Bob. You're learning the lingo. Oh, well, no, I try. Well, I read up, yes. I worked in radio and did some spots. Spots being... What, Bob? Do you know what spots are? Oh, spots would be uh, commercials. Yeah, that's right. Commercials. Oh, yes, in WBD. Yes, I got my start using my voice by listening to other actors. Well, that's that's good. That's what I tell people to do. The first voice I tried to emulate was Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. We were just talking about Peter Cullen. One of the most brilliant voices ever. I love it. Yes, yes. And then he says, also, the end of the show announcer from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, I don't know who uh, did the voice on that. But, um, okay, so there you go. Now my question is, who were the voices that you grew up loving and possibly emulating? What was the first voice you, quote, found? Derek from Orlando. Okay, well, uh, that's a great question, Derek. Um, You know, certainly Mel Blanc was one that I uh, loved and would emulate doing, uh, you know, my own versions of Daffy Duck. You, sir, are despicable. Meh. What's up, Doc? Hello, I'm hunting wabbits. Uh, some of my favorites, uh, were, um, Foghorn Leghorn. No, no, I, I say you gotta keep your eye on the ball, boy. Ah, ball, that's a joke, I say that's a joke, boy. And Henry the Chicken Hawk. I'm a chicken hawk and you're my chicken. You're not a chicken. I, I say, I say I'm not, boy? No, you're a loudmouth schnook. Ooh, I, I, I say, I say that boy's got a lot of nerve. Um, I loved all those, um, but those were, uh, so those were um, voices that I love to do. And then Don Messick, who I, I've talked about Don Messick before. Don was the voice of Boo Boo Bear and Papa Smurf and Scooby-Doo and uh, Mr. Ranger and so many other, Race Bannon and Johnny Quest. I almost said Johnny Test. That's my show. Um, and I love Don and I got to work with Don and uh, and have lunch with him, uh, one or breakfast rather, with him one day and uh, great stuff. Um so those voices, Dawes Butler uh, certainly was another one that I admired, and uh, and uh, Paul Freese. I always loved Paul Freese's voice. But then uh, later, uh, you know, it would be people that are my friends now, from Jim Cummings to Maurice LaMarche to uh, Rob Paulson, all these guys. I really, um, I loved what they were doing. I, I loved their work as voice actors, and so I just would study them. Frank Welker, Corey Burton, brilliant people. And now I get to say, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to say, these people are my friends. If I see them in a crowded room, they don't walk away from me. <laughs> they might actually say hi. So, um, yeah, all of those characters, all those voices, all those people, I just, I loved that I would uh, emulate them. I would try to, uh, I, and Peter Cullen was another one. But uh, I, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, I, I would... I would listen to their voices. I would try to take, and again, original characters, like if you listen to any of the characters on this show, um, they all stem from different things. Like even Hank's voice really comes from the uh, dog in those old uh, Foghorn Leghorn cartoons. You know, no, brother, it comes that rooster again. 
I say, I say, I say, dog. What am I doing on the uh, on the outside of the fence? I say on the outside of the fence, boy. I should be uh, I should be on the inside. You wanna be on the inside, brother? All right. Oh man, I I I just love I love that dog. I love uh, Foghorn. I love just they're just so fun. And I and Hank's kind of a. Uh, inspired by him so um you know some of the characters i do now are just inspired by all that i don't know it all just kind of comes together and it's from uh everything from listening from my past so i uh, yeah uh, um, all the all the ones that you would expect me to say thank you for the question derek in doobly d in doobly do yes okay well then uh this one's kind of fun it's from radim from slovakia radim i hope yeah i r a or radim radim r a d i m and Radim is from Slovakia. Wow, that's amazing. Radim, thank you. I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly, Radim. Uh, what is the uh, question? Oh, yes. Well, it says, Hi, Jat. I often ask this question to people nowadays, so I figured why not ask you? Do you have a favorite board game, and what is the main thing that made it your favorite? A favorite board game. See, I like that question because it's different than anything. You know, what's your favorite voice? What's your favorite episode of Clone Wars or whatever? It's, you know, you're asking me a question um, that's totally different and just kind of fun. Uh, wow. We play a lot of board games here at the uh, Taylor House. We do. We, you know, my favorite one, probably board game wise, it's a toss up. Oh boy. I love life. The game of life. Do you know the game of life? from Milton Bradley. Uh, I love that game with the zzz, you spin the little wheel and you, you know, I, I, I never go to college because I didn't go to college. My wife and my daughter, they always go to college. So you, you choose a career and you can either go to college or you can just start. And I always get the entertainer and I usually get a really low salary card, which is funny because that's, you know, because they get to choose more salary cards. I love the game of life. That's a fun game. If you've not played that game ever, you should check it out. I was never a big Monopoly fan. I know a lot of people like Monopoly. It just... Uh, it confused me as a kid. I never really got into it, but uh, loved the game of life. Loved Clue. Still love Clue. We play those two a lot, and we have a Golden Girls version of Clue as well, which is very funny. And um, so we love Clue. We love career uh, careers. Yeah, careers. That's another one. But the game of life. Uh, and what else? Oh, when when my daughter was younger, we loved Candyland and Shoots and Ladders, and those are just fun, silly little games. But uh, that's a great question, Radim. I appreciate your question, and welcome all the way from Slovakia. That is wonderful, uh, and thank you so much for the question. I hope that uh, I answered it properly for you. Well, you know, I think you did. I think that was very nice, James. Okay, thanks, Bob. Uh, we got time for some more? Yes, we have one from uh, Nicholas in Canada. Nicholas in Canada. Yes, Nicholas. Hello, what do you say? Well, it says, it says, Hi, James. I'm a huge fan of your work. In particular, your excellent performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi, my favorite Star Wars character in The Clone Wars. Oh, that's good, yeah. Since I play Star Wars Battlefront 2, I was very excited to have, have it revealed that you'll be voicing Obi-Wan again in the game. Yeah, there's been great response to Obi-Wan Kenobi in uh, Battlefront 2. Yes, the force is strong with me indeed. Oh, yeah, oh, there is Obi-Wan right there. I like that. My question is, do you have a different approach or preparation when voicing characters in video games as opposed to movies and or TV shows? Are there different challenges with video games as opposed to movies and TV? Also, keep up the podcast. I love listening and can't wait to hear the next episode. You are a true inspiration and a wonderful person. Thank you for all that you do. Nicholas. Well, thank you, Nicholas. That's very nice of you to say all that nice stuff there at the end. And, um, you know, so yes, I, I do get asked this question a lot. Is there a difference in voicing 
uh, Obi-Wan, say, in a video game as opposed to Obi-Wan on a TV show or any character in a video game as opposed to a TV show. Big difference. The biggest difference is uh, you're alone in the studio usually when you voice uh, for a video game. But also, I think I mentioned this in a podcast earlier. Uh, maybe somebody asked this question before. Bob, Bob you got to keep up on this. Well, no, in doobly doing, yes, I do, yes. You generally are reading from like an Excel document and the lines are very different. Oh, I think when I talked about Battlefront, Bob, you're off the hook. It wasn't then. It wasn't in a question. I did it when I talked about Battlefront uh, 2 in a couple of uh, episodes back. Oh, very good. I was nervous. I thought, uh, but I didn't think anybody had asked this question before. Yeah, no, they didn't. I just uh, volunteered this information in a previous episode. Okay. Oh, very good. So, yeah, so uh, the difference, um, but there's also kind of a different state of mind you go into for a video game because you know you're going to be doing a lot of screaming and yelling and stuff, you know, uh, battle commands and fight sounds and things, which we've been talking about in different uh, episodes here. I've been talking to you about how we record all that. So those are the biggest differences is in your head. Yeah, when I'm driving to a session for, say, an animated show, I know, well, I've got the script and we're just going to go along and we're going to do that and we'll go through the episode. When it's a video game, I always kind of feel like, okay, gosh, okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to be there a shorter amount of time probably, but I'm going to be uh, really tired afterwards. And I really warm my voice up more for a video game because I know it's going to it's going to take a lot more out of me to voice a video game. So I hope that answers your question there, uh, Nicholas. And thank you so much. I think we got time for another one, don't we? Uh, yeah, yes, we certainly do, uh, James. Yes. Um, this, is a, oh, this is a question from Trevor in the United States. Trevor in the United States. Hello, Trevor. What do you say? It says, oh, well, hi, James. What are your thoughts on Disney buying 20th Century Fox? And do you think they will release the original theatrical versions of the Star Wars trilogy onto Blu-ray or 4K Ultra HD? Oh, look at that. 4K, 4K Ultra HD. Sounds so exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, you know what, Trevor? Uh, the interesting question, because I was actually talking with a friend of mine the other day about this. I think the smartest thing uh, they could do is and I I think it's no coincidence that they bought 20th Century because then they can now own the original trilogy because so for all of you that know you know they didn't own four five and six really when Disney bought it that was not really part of I mean like they had rights to them but they don't own them but now if they own 20th Century Fox then they they can so I think what they should do honestly if they really want to like create a buzz and get people to buy uh, Star Wars again because you know all of us that are collectors we buy all of them I've got them on I have Star Wars on VHS tapes that I taped as a kid, and then the ones that when they released them in the special editions and the other versions, I have uh, I have laser discs of Star Wars. I have DVDs. I have Blu-rays. You know, that's what you do. You buy them all. Here's what they should do. All right, uh, all you folks at Disney, because I know you all listen to my podcast. <laughs> sure. Um, I think what they should do, Trevor, is they should release the absolute original theatrical 1977 and 1980, 82 or whatever versions of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in their original form. Now, I know George Lucas has said those don't exist anymore. I don't believe it. I love George. I love all that, but I don't believe that. I know they could put it together. I know fans have put them together. So I think what they ought to do is go back to the original masters and clean them up, do a really beautiful pressing of the original masters of the Star Wars movies in the original form with all the original sounds and effects, all just the way it really was. The original... Uh, uh, Amperu's voice in there, you know, like all the redubs, take all the everything out, 
put it out exactly as it was when I saw it the first time in uh, the 70s when I first saw Star Wars and, and the 80s when I saw Empire and uh, Return of the Jedi. I think if they released those, that would be one of the biggest selling DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever collections of all time. I think it would be humongous. And that's what I believe they should do. What do you think? I think you're all going, yes, yes, I would buy that. Because, you know, it'd be like what? You'd buy the pack and it'd be like 60 bucks for the all three or something, right? You know we'd all do it. And they wouldn't even need to put like special stuff in. Unless they did a making of, now here's what I'd be interested in, a making of how they went back and restored or found or pieced together the original. Because now there's so many versions, how do you even know, right? But there's got to still be versions of it out there that they could use as a template to build off of and to pull from. And uh, that would be, I think, fantastic. I would love that. All right. I think that was a great question from Trevor. Oh, yes, I think so. Okay, well, very good, James. Thank you very much. All right, I think that's all the time we have for uh, Ask Jat Questions, Bob. Eh, Bob, 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 Bob. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much, James. Okay, Bob, you go out there and have an onion sandwich with Hank and Billy and everybody. I think I'll skip the sandwich. Okay, that's very wise. And don't let them turn that toaster oven on. Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely do. Well, now he's just going insane. Okay, everybody. I think it's been a fun show. What do you think? We've had uh, we've had everything from uh, Transformers, Fallen Transformers, to uh, uh, my friend Alan Arnold uh, and Catherine Tabor's been on the. She's been on the show now officially. Hey, here's a funny thing. So Cat and I keep talking about doing a podcast that would be more so about what it's like being an entertainer in Hollywood that is a uh, believer, a Christian, and how you uh, deal with all of the uh, Hollywood stuff. So what do you think? Would you all listen to that podcast? If you would, let me know. What Kat and I are probably going to do is I'm going to have her come and join me as a guest here on this podcast sometime, and we'll do an episode that would basically be a pilot episode of what that podcast would be. What do you think? Uh, Let me know in the comments there on YouTube, or write me an email, or uh, send me a Twitter, or send Kat and I both a Twitter. Do you follow Catherine Tabor on Twitter? You sure should. It's simply at Kat Tabor, and I believe that's her Instagram as well. Make sure you follow Catherine Tabor. Look at that. She's got about 11,000 followers. I have about 50,000. I would like to see cats go up to that. So if you are not following Catherine Tabor right now, I'm going to use the Jedi mind trick on you. You will go to Twitter and Instagram right now and follow Catherine Tabor. This is the celebrity you're looking for. Follow her. Why? Because she's wonderful. She's fantastic. She's uh, one of my closest friends in the world, and I love her. And she's like a little sister to me. A much younger, uh, much more attractive uh, sibling. <laughs> because I'm not. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm young and beautiful in my own way. So there you go. Follow Catherine Tabor, would you? All right. Hey, we've had a fun time on the show. Next week, I am going to uh, continue on with my interview with Alan Arnold and play you some more excerpts from his book, The Story of With. I think you're really going to be inspired by all this. I think all of you that, uh, you know, I think it goes in line with all of you pursuing your dreams and stuff and wanting to know more about 
achieving goals and, and things. It really is a helpful book in that, and I think you'll enjoy that. And we're going to do some other fun things. I'll do some other fun voices, and we'll talk to uh, some of my characters. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to call Ferris next week. We haven't talked to Ferris but one time here on the show, and Ferris is kind of an old sage. If you haven't listened to every episode of the show, uh, Ferris is this uh, fellow that works at uh, owns a billiard hall, and uh, I call him, and uh, he gives me some advice and stuff. He's kind of a wise old sage. So I'll probably call Ferris soon, and, uh, and we're going to start talking about taking your phone calls and all soon too all right it has been a wonderful time here at the james arnold taylor podcast you know make sure that you uh write me and uh talk to me and all of that junk too and follow me and write me a good review on uh the uh uh what is it itunes yes my brain is uh, clouding out it's been a long morning already here in the james arnold taylor house now what am i going to do i'm going to go out i'm going to go to a physical therapy i'm having some physical therapy on my uh, left shoulder because i've injured it a while back and so i'm uh, getting that better and uh, what else will and then I will spend some time with a fellow uh, a fellow uh, believer uh, he is a pastor he's a retired pastor that goes to my church Pastor Ken and he is in his 80s and he is a very wise uh, gentleman and so I'm gonna go have coffee with him although I think neither one of us drinks coffee we both drink tea so we'll go to a coffee shop and we'll sit for about an hour hour and a half and we'll catch up on life and talk about life and he's kind of uh, then there to uh, talk to me and uh, and give me advice and I listen to him and he listens to me and we just kind of enjoy you should have someone like that in your life I know a lot of you look to me as kind of a mentor uh, in your life but uh, you know what go and uh, engage with somebody older than you engage with preferably somebody that is a senior because they know so much stuff and they are beautiful wonderful people and they can offer so much to you so if you go to church or you go someplace where you're interacting with uh, some folks that are uh, senior to you you know take a chance take a chance and go hey would you ever want to have coffee with me or grab a bite and uh, I just was uh, would love to get to know you and talk to you. And what you do is you don't have to sit there and go, please give me a bunch of wisdom. Here's what you do. You go to lunch with them. You go to coffee with them. And you just say, so tell me about yourself. So what did you do in, in life before? And, what's, and they just let them talk. For one, it's wonderful for them. And two, it's wonderful for you because you just learn. You learn about life. You learn about all sorts of things. You gain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That's going to be my little bit of advice to you all today is to challenge you to find yourself uh, someone uh, that is somewhat of a mentor or just someone to uh, learn from, to glean information from. Maybe you have a grandparent. Maybe you have, maybe you have a parent that you need to just even get that information from and just sit and talk to them now because you're an adult and they're an adult and now uh, the relationship has changed. And so you go, can we just go have a cup of coffee and talk and get to know uh, each other a little better so there's my challenge to you this week before we end the james arnold taylor podcast oh mr announcer guy oh yes james we gotta end the show i know it makes me sad but there's always another show next week that'll be episode 14 yeah, what is with you? You're all uh, up into uh, counting them now. You uh, intro this show as episode 13. That will be episode 14. You just, you like the numbers, huh? I do. I'm a number guy. I'm like on Sesame Street. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Then it'll be 14. <laughs> now you're just adding different things to it. All right, Mr. Announcer Guy, close us out. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumiko Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. 
All voices or parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through Backtracks, Digital Juice, Production Tracks, and Partners in Rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Now I got that song in my head. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, it's stuck in my head too, man. Okay, man. (laughs) All right, Mr. Announcer Guy, you have a great week. You too, James. See you next week. Bye-bye.